Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And of course, I'm joined by Dan LaMagna. That's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? Man, is it time for the start of the season yet? I'm ready. Got the new Dak jersey in. The draft's coming up. Dallas picks 10th. We're talking quarterbacks tonight. I'm, I'm pumped, buddy. Is it time? Not, no, listen, you're skipping over the best part. Rookie draft season. You can't skip over that. As much as we want the 2021 season to get here, as you always yell at me to pump the brakes, I'm telling Dan to pump the brakes tonight. But we're not pumping the brakes on this gentleman. I'm going to let him take a sip there. Let him get prepared. I'm good. I'm good. That is Mitch Sorensen at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's up, guys? So I know we have like a really, really busy show tonight. But actually, I actually have a question for both of you. I threw this out on Twitter. Didn't really get a lot of response to it. But I've been looking at the coaches over the last month or so, and we're really hearing about landing spots and how these landing spots matter because these coaches are these quarterback gurus, right? My question is, is it really the coach that's making the quarterback better or is it a coach that's getting aligned with a very talented quarterback and they could play off that for five or 10 years? I think Dan can really provide an in-depth, uh, you know, thought and analysis here and we didn't know you were going to ask this so it kind of nope. throws us off a little yes. bit but i think you can look at it in a few different ways you look at some of the the quarterbacks that have come in they've been successful they've had a mentor type quarterback on that roster so i think that's one way to look at it maybe it's not always that coach because then you look at players and obviously it was towards the tail end of his career oh well adam gase and peyton manning and it's like what you know, and I, I know that was a response to your tweet there on Twitter. So I think it's it's that veteran presence, but also I, I think it has more to do with, with a fit. Like, like you know, what Andy Reid wants to do. I mean, Patrick Mahomes could probably make every system work, so it doesn't really matter. But it just really blends well with what Andy Reid wants to do. But I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. Is there really that mastermind? You know, Sean McVay, he was that offensive guru. Everybody was so ecstatic and thrilled. They had the hype coming from that Super Bowl appearance. And Jared Goff, well, we kind of see how it played out the last few years. Uh, same thing with San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, is, is that what prompted this? Was it was that a Jimmy Garoppolo tweet? It was Jimmy Garoppolo. And I've been thinking about this since Goff went to the Lions. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that. How much has he really improved um, was it really McVay that was helping him to improve or, and then I thought about Joe Brady cause everyone's bringing up the Panthers as this, the greatest landing spot for a quarterback. And I'm like, Teddy Bridgewater didn't get any better last year. So a lot of the fallback is, well, these guys just aren't that talented. So that goes to me is, is it like, well, then is it just the quarterback that's going to make this offense go more so than what the coach is going to do? Sorry, dad, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's a loaded question that you ask, Mitch, and there's a lot of fine points that you both make there. I would lean towards when you look at the Rams, the Panthers, the 49ers, and you think of Bridgewater, Garoppolo, Goff, I think those stable organizations, and not perfect. I mean, there's some warts there with the Rams and you know certain things, but overall, I think stable organizations, talent around them, solid offensive minds brought out the best in those guys but they're not the answer to get you to a Super Bowl. And it, it, it kind of skipping ahead, like when we do get to our topic tonight, I know we've had a lot of Dynasty Theory conversations that talked about landing spot and not getting caught up with it with like the A.J. Browns and receivers, but I do think it's different for the quarterback position. I think it is critical when it comes to the guys we're going to talk about tonight to some degree, and I'll, I'll get into that when we, when we start breaking down quarterbacks. Um, but I think, you know, any great coach in the NFL – the quarterbacks make them. I mean, you can't win big time in the NFL without the guy. So there's definitely something to what you're saying there, Mitch, but I think there's other variables as well. Did that you you could have a whole show on that. Yeah, that was perfect. That was I just wanted to lay the groundwork for how we kind of consider these landing spots, you know, and then then we'll get into the quarterbacks. No, and it's certainly something that you 
you have to talk about because so many people and we're all guilty of it. So this mm -hmm. isn't any of yes. us saying, oh, we've never let landing spot in the past dictate our rookie rankings or draft decisions, because certainly, again, we all fall to, you know, we're all guilty of that. But talking about landing spots, you know, we already talked about the quarterback position a little bit, but getting into it tonight, finally hitting full gear rookie mode. And I know, I, I know it's the end of March here. Guys, what took you so long to talk about the rookies? Well, we want to get through free agency one step at a time. As excited as I was, and Dan always says, JB, pump the brakes. I think I pumped them fairly well. You know, I wasn't trying to get too far ahead. But now we're here, guys. And th there, there's no debate who we should be talking about. And that is the rookies here coming in for the 2021 season. And the first thing I want to talk about, because this is a hot topic on Twitter. And Dan, I want to start with you. Just because you're not a degenerate like me and Mitch. You're not always creeping on Twitter the way we are. You know, some people say that you have a, a life outside of fantasy football. I don't really believe that, but we'll, we'll pretend it's true. But a lot of people out there, for one reason or another, are bringing to question the fact that Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback one for dynasty purposes in this draft class. What are your thoughts on that? You know, see what the listeners don't know is I just live vicariously through you guys. So it's not whether I have a life or not. You guys just you, you fill all the gaps for me. So I appreciate how active you are on Twitter. And I, and I do my best to keep up. Um, I, I'm Trevor Lawrence all the way. I think he's meant for this moment. I, I think people are just looking for hot takes and something to dissect and create attention on Twitter. But I, I don't know who in their right mind. And again, coming from a coaching background, cannot say this guy's clearly the number one you know yeah there's some you know little concerns you could you could find them in anybody but his pedigree for out of high school this guy was the guy in college he was the guy he played at the highest level he won um and now it's it's his time i think it's clear number one and i don't have a doubt in my mind mitch as a fantasy community are we just looking for the attention at this point. I know, I know it's the off season. There are moments throughout the off season that we need something to talk about. So what better than a hot take now and again, but is there any merit to not having Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback one? There's none. There is absolutely zero reason to do it. So dude, you, need <laughs> Sorry, to get, you need to get some Ludens or something. I know I need something for my throat. It's really bad and it's getting worse, but so Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect to come out in the last nine years. I'm not saying that he's Andrew Luck type of prospect, but since Andrew Luck came out, Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect. And here, I'm going to tell you the number one, the top drafted quarterback the last nine years, right? Tell me if any of them were considered or even considered at this point that much better than what Lawrence is. So you have Joe Burrow, Kyler no. Murray. No. Baker Mayfield. No. Trubisky. Yes. No. Jared Goff. No. Winston. No. Bortles. No. Manuel. Well, let me think about that one now. Exactly, right? And then he hit Andrew Luck. Right. And so I think in previous years, especially during like the Baker Mayfield year, right? He wasn't the number one pick until like the day before it. And we haven't had a guy that's just concrete Without a doubt, he is going to be the number one pick, and we've known it for three years. And so I think people are just trying to find any reason to where they could be like, hey, no, no, Justin Fields is the best. And then all of a sudden, when Justin Fields has a really good rookie season, and he could even have a better season than what Lawrence does. But as far as the NFL is concerned and the fantasy community should be concerned, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft. Let's just look at the top four guys, okay? And I think the one I'm excluding here, and we're going to get to him here when we talk about the quarterback two through five, is Mac Jones. But when you look at those first four guys, let's say, you know, you want to, I, I know some people are saying, well, Trevor Lawrence, you know, there's like a 75% chance that he is the best quarterback in this class for fantasy dynasty purposes. And I think that's foolish to think that, you know, but re realistically, let's say, there's a 30% chance mm -hmm. out of all four of those guys, statistically speaking and looking at probability, that is still the best bet to make. And again, I know it sounds silly, 30%, what? But when you're splitting it between four players, 
while it might only be a small edge, it's an edge nonetheless. So again, I've talked about this previously. What is the range of outcomes? What is the probability that takes place? And for me, Trevor Lawrence, his ceiling is as high, if not higher than any of the other options. And his floor for me is higher. And that's really what, you know, because you look at these other players, there are some red flags, but Trevor Lawrence, he's been doing this since such a young age. I know we could talk about that with Trey Lance, but then you look at the competition, you look at what he has done, his entire resume, the number of games he's played. Uh, that's something that we should be looking at for rookie quarterbacks because there is some correlation there to how successful they've been. You know, if you're a top 10 pick in the NFL, how many games have you played? And again, that's something that we could look at Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. But for me, Trevor Lawrence is the safest pick, but it isn't just, oh, it's a safe pick. That ceiling is there as well. So I just think for me, it's crazy not to have Trevor Lawrence as your number one pick. And last thing I'm going to say, and Dan, I think you might have a follow up here. It looks like you're getting ready to go. But I think Trevor Lawrence was so good, so young that like you said it, Dan, people are looking for something. You know, we talked about it with Travis Etienne. He was so hyped, so young. And if he was coming out in the 2020 class, people were loving him. And now people are kind of bored with him. And that's kind of what we're seeing with Trevor Lawrence. So for me, it's just, again, people wanting to come up with something. Dan, you hit the nail on the head. It's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, man. When I try to look at this, you know, without bias and I, Shut out all the Twitter hype and media hype. He has all the tools and he's got the body of work. You know, what's not to like the arm, the size, the poise played in the big game. He could do it all. And, you know, he was that guy in high school. So was Justin Fields. Justin Fields was great in high school, but no one was taking Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence when he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm in Georgia. All right. And I know he was young at that point in his career, but he's had a little bit, you know, some ups and downs here. No one was liking Zach Wilson more than Trevor Lawrence when nobody knew who the heck Zach Wilson was. So I don't see how you just catapult those two guys over him right now based on what? What do you have? You know, are they all impressive? Heck yeah. This is the best quarterback class I think we've talked about in a long time, if if ever, maybe. I mean, I, I love this group, but there's a clear number one. And there's a really great comment here in the chat from Kyle, and it's spot on. And Dan, again, you just kind of mentioned it. Other people have talked about it. But when you look at this class from, let's even throw Mac Jones in there. These are five quarterbacks that all could go in the top. They're probably going to go in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. And when you look at them matched up against historical data that we have and the players that have been quarterback busts that were top 10 picks, these five in most categories stand out above all of them. Pass touchdown percentage, uh, touchdown to interception ratio, uh, uh, adjusted yards per attempt, the, the number of games they played, rushing college dominator, they, they stand out above all of those busts. So is one of these players going to bust? The odds say yes, most likely. But I do think from top to bottom, this class is so strong that if you have the 101 and you want to pivot off of it and get additional draft capital, which I've tried to do, I have no issue with it. So if you can go off the 101 to the 102 plus that can make sense certainly for your team especially if it's a deeper league yeah make sure that that plus is worth it though because that's something we're going to talk about later but it so in startup drafts right now trevor lawrence is going between 105 and 107 the next yep. rookie quarterback isn't going until about the end of the second round early third and when you look at just startup draft capital to turn, go from a second to a first it's going to cost a lot and so I know rookie drafts are a little bit different. Established leagues, 101 to 102 shouldn't be expensive. But in my mind, that's the price that I want to drop off of Lawrence. So here, the trade that actually took place, Eckler and 103 for 101. Yes. I, I will absolutely take that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really I, good one. I, I, I think that is a fantastic return. We're not talking about pennies there. there there's a, a solid return there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so it's unanimous here. Nothing spicy, nothing hot takey, kind of, I would say, boring standard here. Trevor Lawrence is our 101. Uh, it's going to get a little spicy with the next question, though. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I should have done some yoga before this episode. Wait, hold My on. We're still on Lawrence. Hold on. Oh, we're going back to Lawrence. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm we got to talk about who we would take him, 
who we would trade straight up for him right now, or who we would not trade straight up for him right now. I have two quarterbacks, Mahomes and Allen, and that's it. Right now, I would be willing to trade every other quarterback straight up for Trevor Lawrence. I know people are going to be like, that's hot takey, that's hot takey. But let me just explain why, okay? I've never personally been a big Kyler Murray fan. So that's just a personal thing. If you have him over, so be it. But you look at Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was like the least like rookie last year coming out. He was amazing, right? But isn't that kind of what we expect Trevor Lawrence to be coming out now? And so I would rather have Trevor Lawrence thinking that he just has a few more tools than what Justin Herbert has. And Dak, a little bit older. Lamar. Lamar. Wait, we're, we're bringing Dak's age into this? Come on. He's a little bit old. It matters. Whether we want to act like it matters or not. In Dynasty, people won't like him because he's going to be 28 years old. I think it's crazy, but I personally, right now, I have an offer out there for Dak for the 101. I'm offering it. See, I think... To Mitch's point, and you know I'm, I'm as Dak as they come. I know. It's only a couple years before he's Russell Wilson and the market changes. And Russ Wilson's still awesome, but the, the value is going to change soon. Now, I don't know if the timing's good, Mitch, because you still want to win now, and that Dallas mm-hmm. passing game's incredible. I mean, Lawrence is still just going to the Jaguars. I, I don't think we could lose sight of that. So, JB, before you, 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 you rip this apart, I just want to say where I am at Mitch. I think I'm pretty close to where he is. I agree with Mahomes and Allen. I probably would add Dak and Herbert to that, and and you guys know my trade offers. I'll try I'll try to squeeze some fab or a, 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 a little throw oh, we, in, we, or we know uh, your trade offers. We know or, or, or something else for for those two guys. But after that, I, I'm with Mitch. I, I agree. I, I think I'm just maybe two guys deeper on my list than Mitch is, but but I see his points, and and I'm pretty close to him. At this point, I I do believe that I would take Dak over that 101, which is Trevor Lawrence. And it just comes down to, look how explosive that offense has been. My only question mark was, was he going to land that contract? And this is early off-season startups, right? Mm -hmm. And now that we have resolution, we have that answer. So the only one that I think I would question uh, is is Dak. Um, But the the Josh Allen, uh, I'm taking my boy Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, no question. Patrick Mahomes. I would have had Deshaun Watson in that. Yeah. That territory, I took Watson out too. Yep. But we've talked about him quite a bit, you know, over the last few weeks. What about and Kyler? No, I will I will take Trevor Lawrence over Kyler Murray. I like it. I will. And Thanks. we we've talked about this. There's always that spot in in our rankings or ADP or the draft where it's kind of a I don't want to say a dead spot for us, but it's a spot where we just don't land that player. I don't know if I have any Kyler Murray across my dynasty portfolio and that, and I I think I have one Russell Wilson share. It's not a matter of, I don't like that player. I like them plenty. It's just, there's always somebody else I would rather have when it gets to me, or it's a situation where I trade back, but I'm going to include Dak. Justin Herbert's a toss up. Honestly, I, 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 I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with, with Dan saying he would take Justin Herbert. I'm not going to argue with Mitch saying he would take Trevor Lawrence. Here's a final thought on Justin Herbert. I feel a little bit of it. If we go back in time to last year's draft and he lost a little bit of a luster. I, f- I feel kind of like Trevor Lawrence a little bit because he was this guy in high school. He was the guy to start Oregon. He had all this hype and was, supposed, you know, the golden boy. And then it just, I don't know if people were, again, they look to dissect him, pick him apart a little bit. He looked awesome last year. I mean, absolutely awesome. You know, I watched some of his film and the way just his throws are incredible. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are hurt. He's, he's throwing to Mitch's cousin, who we never heard of and still completing passes. Uh, so so I just I like where his situation is with the Chargers, and, and I think he's what he's supposed to be, but very close to Lawrence. Mitch, so we talked about some of the players that obviously we would not trade mm-hmm. for Trevor Lawrence, and you two had some differing opinions. But who is a player right below him, right below that 101, Trevor Lawrence, however you want to look at it, that you would trade for him, but you would have to add? And what is that piece that you're going to add? So for me, I'm thinking like a Russell Wilson plus what for Trevor Lawrence? I would be willing to add 
a significant amount. I mean, significant. I probably wouldn't move a running back just because they're so hard to come by. That's why that Austin Eckler plus the 103 would be like a snap for me. I'd be like, yep, yeah, I'm like taking that, that. I like that trade a lot. Getting the running back is hard. So I would try to offer Cooper Cup, someone who I think can be a twop, a twop, a top 12. <laughs> New um, word. A top 12 I'm hitting my, head, I'm hitting my receiver, head back here. Right, right. But just someone like that, maybe a Deontay Johnson, someone who I personally have a lot of faith in. Hopefully the other owner I'm trading to does as well. But it's going to have to be a lot to get from like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers up to Lawrence at this point. Are you saying, I mean, what is that? A late first value? Yeah, uh, it'd be like 108-ish. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if that would get it done, honestly. If, yeah, I don't if, think it would either. Yeah. I, in a 12-team super flex league, I don't know that I could acquire 101 for Russell Wilson plus you know, 110, 111. I, I don't know that that could get it done. Aaron Rodgers, even less likely in my opinion. So Dan, not necessarily Russell Wilson, but what pivot are you looking off of from that next tier of quarterbacks to acquire Trevor Lawrence? And is it worth it to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very cautious here because I don't want to get stuck with something and be regretting not having Lawrence. So I want to land with a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray, a Russ Wilson, a Joe Burrow, and another guy who's going to, you know, if I can get that 108, 109, you know, that sweet spot in this year's draft, or like Mitch said, a Deontay Johnson, someone that I know is very young, is going to have a lot of good years ahead of him. It's going to start on my team and get me another, you know, two, 300 points on my roster. It's going to be have to be something that moves me in one of those directions. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep Lawrence and be happy. All right. Now, Mitch, can we move on from Trevor yeah. Lawrence? Yeah, we're getting there. Thank you. Because there are other quarterbacks <laughs> in this class. There are. Now, quarterbacks two through five. This is where we're looking at Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. That is in no particular order. Just rattling the names off. Dan, how do you currently value these four quarterbacks? Has it changed at all uh, You know, across the last few months? And how do they compare to some of the veteran quarterbacks out there? So question real quick. Are we talking about fantasy-wise or NFL-wise? Uh, fantasy. Okay. Uh, so strictly fa- sure. So, wait, was that because you think Dan is going to bring the NFL perspective in or because you were going I to? could actually – I could move a quarterback up or down one spot depending if we're talking about the NFL-wise or if we're talking about fantasy-wise. But you can certainly throw a little blurb in there if you want to get in there. Say, for, just want to make uh, sure I'm on top of it. Last time I checked – we all were playing fantasy football. I just want to say, though, pretend Mitch, that I'm a general manager. Sorry. Okay. That's why I like M- it. Mitch is going somewhere with these points tonight, JB. Like, I could tell he is like running a 40 like Justin Fields today. Like, he is locked in right now, uh, my boy Mitch here. I, I can just feel it. And, and I, I think it's good points he brings up because we know where I think we know where my rankings are, but they're very close. Like, I literally have Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Mac Jones, like I think they're all going to be very good NFL quarterbacks. And I think anyone who would trade up or get one of them, the organizational landing spot is key. And and that's where NFL comes in. Because I know like some of our questions tonight in our notes is like, who could bust? And I'm not going to get ahead of it until you bring it up, JB. But where these guys land does impact where I have them. Like if I'm an NFL GM right now, Zach Wilson is my number two quarterback. But when we're talking fantasy, if he lands at number two with, with the Jets, where I think he is going to land, I have a little doubt creeping in my, my mind, man. Like, like, like the Jets and their track record here is not making me feel warm and fuzzy about Zach Wilson when I'm going to watch. And here's my prediction right now. like I, I can't see the Niners taking Mac Jones. I, I really can't see. As long as they believe they could develop Justin Fields and or Trey Lance, that's where I'd be going because we know what those quarterbacks could do in the NFL a.k.a. Deshaun Watson, a.k.a. Josh Allen, a.k.a. Russ Wilson, a.k.a. Dak Prescott. They are guys that, until Watson had to be a knucklehead off the field, then that's going to play out. These guys were doing it all, all right? Now, could they be a bust, too, like a Justin Fields? Yeah, because there was the RG3s, the Mike Vicks, the Jamarcus Russells, guys that were specimen quarterbacks, great athletes. But what we don't know, and you don't know until it plays out over time, is injuries could factor in. Does any of these guys not have the true, true work ethic that it takes to be learning defenses in the NFL? Like Mike Vick said later in his career, he couldn't even read a coverage. 
I, I mean, that makes it hard to sustain long-term in the NFL if you can't read a secondary. Um, you know, so there's those intangibles. Jameis Winston, another guy, mega talented at Florida State. But when you had a lead an NFL team and got to that next level, eh, it just wasn't all there. You know, and yeah, he had some good fantasy statistical years, but where are we with Jameis Winston right now? You know, so so they're the concerns. And I'm on a tangent here a little bit, but I, I, I think to Mitch's point, that does factor in. So what's the question, JB? What's next? You still answered it because, mm-hmm. you, you know, how do you view those four quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones? Let me ask you, because we've talked about landing spot a little bit, and we all know what's going on with San Francisco. They, uh, you know, the, the powers that be went to Mac Jones pro day over Justin Fields. But I think that is being looked into a little bit too much because th- there has the been all- a vault. Is that the ultimate smokescreen, John? Tell me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 there has been involvement with Justin Fields in the past, and they're very familiar with him. And just because, uh, you know, certain, just because certain individuals did not go to a, a, a pro day, doesn't mean that nobody from that organization went. Uh, but again, there is familiarity there. So for me, you know, I guess my question, Dan. Mac Jones, let's say, let's say that he does land in San Francisco. Is there any chance that he's bumped up from your quarterback five? I'm going to say no, because here's my prediction. It goes Lawrence one, Wilson two, Mac Jones three to the Niners. Let's play that scenario out. So that means Atlanta at four is happy as a clam, man, because they just got either Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and that is going to hype us up, and we are going to be all over that when they would still keep him ahead of Mac Jones. And then the Bengals are either going to take Jamar Chase to reunite him with Burrow or go O-line, which they do need O-line help. Then Miami's going to pair up Devontae Smith, my boy, with Tua, another connection, elite receivers in there. Mitch, by, the t- by the time Dan gets through this, the draft is going to happen already. Mitch, your Lions could be looking at Pitts there, man, at number seven. I, I mean, that could be really intriguing. And then Carolina is like, holy cow, we are getting Justin Fields or Trey Lance. They're happy as well. If any of those teams pass on a quarterback, they go to Denver. And I think any of those quarterback landing spots for a mobile quarterback are good offenses, are good organizations, and that will keep them ahead of Mac Jones. Booyah! I was feeling Done. That. <laughs> Show is over. Mic drop. All right, Mitch. So obviously Dan is going with Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, after we've already discussed Trevor Lawrence. Your order, I think, is a little bit different. Just, just a little. Um, Justin Fields for me is number two. To me, if he came out last year, he would have been the first pick in the draft. He would have been my favorite quarterback coming out. So immediately I have him over Tua and Burrow coming into the league. And then I have Lance. Like I fell in love with Lance early in the draft process, and I'm just not willing to move Zach Wilson over him. Everything Trey Lance was asked to do at North Dakota State, they asked of their quarterbacks, to do what NFL quarterbacks do. He goes up, he calls what the line's going to do. He reads the defense. He'll call the run scheme off of that. And so, and then you go and you listen to the interviews and everybody, hold on, Dan, you talk for 10 minutes. You can calm down over there. I'm just throwing it out. I'm throwing it out. All right. right, right. But everybody that talks to Trey Lance comes away saying, this kid gets it. This kid just knows what he's doing. And he's so far advanced what any other rookie quarterback is. And then with Zach Wilson, like he, he's number three for me, but he has the best arm in the draft. Like absolutely love the guy. I think he's actually going to do really well at first. I let my BYU hate, you know, overshadow it a little bit, but actually I I think he's going to be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL. The biggest reason why I have him below Lance and Fields is because he just doesn't have that same rushing ability. We look at someone like Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts is not a good passing quarterback right now. He can be. He could excel and end up being very good. But right now, he end up throwing like a 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions, and like a 50% completion rate. But he ran for 400 yards and like another six touchdowns, so now he's being drafted in the top 12 quarterbacks. And that's someone Jalen Hurts. What's going to happen when Justin Fields gets a whole season of that? What's going to happen when Trey Lance gets a whole season of that? I mean, their floor is just a little bit higher fantasy-wise than Zach Wilson. 
But real quick, I do. I know, Dan. Hold on. I'm ready for you. But something that I was doing today, something that I think everybody should do, pull up Mac Jones, read. You can go on any website you want. Read his draft profile. Then go and pull up a Jimmy Garoppolo draft profile. It's almost the exact same thing, except for one played for Alabama and one played for was it was it Connecticut? That's a good it was question. Connecticut, right? I am blanking right now. I think so. But anyways, you take those two out. It's like word for word. He has a really strong arm, throws with anticipation, quick release, and like I know everyone. It's the tweet that I had today that everybody wants to compare him to Kirk Cousins because that's just what we do. His comparison might be Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo's Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois. It's close to Connecticut. <laughs> uh, anyway. So here, here's my challenge for Mitch here. And, and I think over the course of Dynasty Theory episodes, I, I've watched – my take catch up with Mitch's on Trey Lance and Mitch's catch up with mine on Zach Wilson. And we're, we're getting very close. I think the only thing I, I still get stuck on a little bit is again, we, when I watch his film, it's all the same stuff. It's he could throw a deep ball. He could run this little option. He could roll out and hit the tight end and do it again and again and again, where you're not going to quite be doing that just that in the NFL. So I think there's more development for him to have now. Do I think he could do it? Based on what we're seeing, yeah. I mean, he's got every physical tool. He seems to have a great head on his shoulders. He passes the eye test. Oh, my God. I would want him as my quarterback coming off the bus going into you know the visiting team's locker room. He, he's got it. So as long as the work ethic's there and everything follows with it, Mitch, I mean, I think ceiling-wise, boy, for fantasy, it, it could be phenomenal. I just think there's a little bit more risk and development kind of put in there because, again, there's been other great running quarterback athletes that long-term haven't maintained in fantasy football where i could see zach wilson just being this phenomenal quarterback he i love watching his film and the different throws and plays that he makes so but darn why the jets have to be picking number two so i hope they do take right. fields yep. man that, that could change things a little bit now one thing not just how do we view these quarterbacks but something that is important because when we talk about these quarterbacks being so closely valued and again i think if you talk to 10 different people they could have this order and it's going to be different than anybody else. But, you know, the biggest thing for me is trying to be able to see who has the biggest bust potential. And that was a question that we got. And again, uh, looking at my spreadsheets and this information, any of you that don't know, Mr. Dave Wright, uh, he puts this out there on his Patreon and the, database for prospects is absolutely free so if you haven't checked it out i highly suggest that you do but looking at it so all five of these quarterbacks we expect they're going to be top 10 nfl picks right like that's the thought so going back to 2003 when you look at only top 10 draft picks and the bust that we've seen what did they have in common the big thing that i saw and some of these names that I'm going to throw out there, all right? Sam Darnold. I don't want to say he's a bust yet, but he's getting he's there. Jamarcus Russell, Matt Liner, Mark Sanchez, Josh Rosen. Mac Jones fits into that list. And this is the Russian college dominator. All of those guys, uh, Darnold was at 11, but all the other guys below 7% of the rushing college dominator for their team and that is a concern and mitch you had a you had a smart ass tweet but it really it really did fit because you said mac jones or don't comp every pocket passer to kirk cousins because more or less that is probably their ceiling and i completely agree you know so looking at a player like mac jones with the limited rushing upside sure a lot of things he did really well you look at the the touchdown percentage. You look at uh, the, the the games played a little bit light. I know the threshold that has been talked about is thirty three to thirty five games, and he's sitting there at thirty throughout his collegiate career. But um, and and that's even probably with uh, games in relief. So I, I don't even know uh, 
you know, anyway, I, I, I digress, but the, the biggest thing is it's that pocket passer and kind of, you know, re- one thing over the weekend, I, I don't know if you guys watched, but on Netflix, I watched the last blockbuster. Did you guys watch that? It's about blockbuster video, but it was, it was a Titan back in the day, you know, and now we're moving on. It's no longer relevant, almost like the statue pocket passer. It's all, it's that, it's that, I think great thing of the past, but is going to be irrelevant here shortly. Mac Jones, can he revive that? I don't know. And that's probably my quarterback, obviously out of those five that has the biggest bust potential. I bet you didn't think I was going to bring up blockbuster video tonight. Sure didn't. <laughs> Full of tricks up your sleeve there, Johnny. And you know, I, that that's my concern with Mac Jones. Now I thought it was interesting on Schefter's podcast. He talked about um, how NFL GMs, I think he, he referenced a AFC West GM that says, General managers, the football world views Mac Jones different than the media world does. And, you know, so they're talking about all his intangibles and tools and traits and all that. So I think he is a legitimate NFL quarterback. I think our concern, to your point, is is his ceiling that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, you know, guys that we just kind of get, eh, all right, we got him. We're always trying to trade him. We get stuck with him. You know, is that ceiling limited a little bit? Um, so to me, bust might be, he just becomes kind of one of those guys. And, but if he hopefully goes to a good NFL organization with a history of winning, uh, you know, hopefully he could sustain and maybe being a little bit better for me, my bust would be my boy. I hate to say it, but it is Zach Wilson. I, I think when you look at a lot of those names, you mentioned a lot of them were in bad organizational situations. And I know we mix up like the car names before, but I actually do mean to say David Carr. You know, he. some people think quarterbacks like him and, you know, some of these other quarterbacks you name, if they were in a good situation or with a better organization, their careers could have turned out a different way. I worry about something like that happening with Zach Wilson in, in the Jets. So that does concern me a little bit. Why are you throwing this your is... generic cha- challenge flag? <laughs> a, a dirty paper towel. I'm throwing my challenge flag. So, Dan, let me ask you, and I don't need uh, a novel thrown back at me, just a very quick answer, mm-hmm. okay? You saying I'm long-winded tonight? I take offense to that. Go ahead. I like and, it. And listen, if I'm saying you're long-winded, you're long-winded because I'm long-winded. Anyway, so let me let me ask you, Zach Wilson, is he riskier than Justin Fields? Is he riskier than Justin Fields? Y- yes or no? No. So then what why is Justin It's the Fields landing spot that makes him riskier. If if oh. it wasn't for landing spot, I'd be most worried about Trey Lance. That's part of it, though. So with the presumed landing spot of Zach Wilson going to the Jets, we're not sure where Justin Fields is going to go. Is Zach Wilson riskier than Justin Fields? Yes. Yes. Based on us thinking he's going to go to the Jets, yes. That's what I said. He is my most risky out of all five of those guys based on landing spot. Follow-up question. With the and not not that Zach Wilson can't run because he's pushing that twenty percent rushing college dominator. He he's just below those other guys, uh, and actually I believe he's above Trevor Lawrence. But with the rushing upside from Justin Fields, can we safely say that Justin Fields has a higher ceiling than Zach Wilson? Fantasy football, yes. And again, I can see him going to Atlanta, and then I'm going to be changing my draft rankings. I'm looking right in front of me, which has Zach Wilson as my number two rookie quarterback. I would put a Fields ahead of him if Fields is with Atlanta okay. and and Zach okay. Wilson's with the Jets. So again, the GM coaching me, Zach Wilson all the way, boys. But fantasy football, Falcons over Jets, Carolina over Jets. There, there's better scenarios out there. So again, what I was getting at there, and I think Mitch was kind of seeing it play out. I, I could tell. Uh, Zach Wilson, you've admitted, Dan, that probably a little bit riskier than Justin Fields, especially with that la- presumed landing spot. And then Justin Fields, a higher ceiling than Zach Wilson. So why would Justin Fields not be ranked ahead of Zach Wilson for you? But you kind of touched on that. Yeah, you we know, don't know where they're going yet. This all goes back to Mitch's foresight earlier in the show of putting his GM hat on. Again, we're looking at it from a few different perspectives. Right now, it's pre-draft analysis, but you know we could get thrown curveballs. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, there, there's a question in the chat, which uh, top 10 quarterbacks were actually rushing quarterbacks in that same span. 
And these these guys actually played out as I would say fantasy busts as well. Jake Locker, Robert Griffin, obviously for injuries, but still for dynasty purposes, a bust nonetheless. Vince Young, uh, Trubisky a little bit later. Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, that's the name right there. But those are guys that did have of them. Yeah. The 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 rushing upside from their collegiate years that for one reason or another, it clearly did not translate to the NFL. Um, one last thought too, like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. I don't necessarily consider those guys rushing quarterbacks. Like we're viewing the fields. They're fantasy studs. And I see Zach Wilson of having upside there again. That's a long way to go, but uh, the jets, right? The one good thing about Zach Wilson is you just brought up Mahomes Rodgers. I think you could put him in the Stafford territory Stafford. to where their arm is so much better than everybody else's. They could just do special things. Wilson has that arm. We haven't seen a lot of quarterbacks come out that have that kind of arm, but Wilson is going to be my bust as well. And it's just because kind of how this year played out with COVID and everything with BYU. Um, There was a time to where BYU was the only university or college that was West of like Texas, El Paso that was even practicing. And that happened for like a month because they weren't part of a conference. They're in middle of Utah to where it's, you know, conservative central. And they were just kind of allowed to do their thing. They didn't have any COVID issues. They actually did an amazing job with it. But, and then they went out and they, the schedule that they played just wasn't, I just wish he could have played one good team, just one solid team. So we can know, cause last year he had that shoulder. He was coming off the shoulder. The shoulder injury. I can't talk today, guys. But he was coming off that, and so it's really hard to know how he was doing, right? And then he comes this season and lights the world on fire. He might have had the best college season out of anybody in this draft class, but he played against such bad talent, and the talent on his team isn't very good either, so you have to take that into account as well. So that's the only reason to where like he's going to be my biggest bust but like I said earlier, I think he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Like, if I had to pick anybody, it's going to be Mac Jones. I well, mean, Trey, Trey Lance has got to be in that same category as Zach Wilson if you're looking at talent and competition. That's a concern there as well. Their competition might have even been worse. Right. The one well, difference look, is he was playing against teams. So North Dakota State was playing with te- against teams that have the same kind of talent that they do, right? They're in the same conference or same division, same bowl subdivision however you want to preface that BYU was playing like the lowest of the low division one football schools I mean they didn't play anybody that was good at all but BYU also isn't a good football team right so I understand it like Trey Lance definitely didn't play against good talent either and so that's why I think they're both they're both behind Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and I don't think that's even a discussion for me to bump one of those two above them Yeah, when you look at Zach Wilson, it's very hypocritical to even not, you know, to not bring it up when talking about Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. That that concern is there. You talk about the level of competition. You can't bring it up for one and not the other. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, Zach Wilson, he isn't a statue quarterback. And this isn't Zach Wilson hate. You know, if you told me that you had Zach Wilson as your quarterback three, over Trey Lance, fine, great. The the thing for me is I just can't have him again, you know, over Justin Fields. And it goes back if you look at several of the the statistics throughout their collegiate careers. Objectively, Justin Fields was just better. Again, talk about the Russian college dominator. I, I, I've talked about that plenty. You talk about the adjusted yards per attempt, uh, touchdown to interception ratio in every facet of the game. Justin Fields was objectively better. And I, I just, that's, that has to play out for people, I guess. I don't know. I just think from a coaching perspective, JB, just the only thing is I could do some, take away the running. I could do some things with Zach Wilson that these other quarterbacks can't do. Even the competition, just some of the throws and plays he made. All right, if we're going to take away Justin Fields running, can we take away Zach Wilson's arm strength? (laughs) Um, well, hey, if I put eight in the box and, you know, we've seen Lamar get contained and have some not-so-Lamar type games when he's been figured out, why can't that happen with Justin Fields? What's the expression? If my aunt had a, she'd be my uncle, trying to keep it clean, right? All right, all right. So, but I do want to bring up something with Trey Lance, right? Everyone knows that I've loved him for a long time. 
But what happens if he does actually go to Atlanta and Matt Ryan is there? And now in rookie drafts, that is going to make him fall. Like everyone could say, he shouldn't fall. He's going to Atlanta. He should be the 103 or 104. He's going to fall in rookie drafts if he's not the starter this year. It's going to happen. So the running backs are going to get go up ahead of him. Kyle Pitts is going to move up ahead of him. And so my question for you two is, how low do you think he could drop? I think I, would, it, I don't think it's Justin Herbert level, but I think it's 107 or 108, to be honest with you. I was going to say 108, 109, because in a typical 12-team league, I, I'll, quite often last year, I saw Justin Herbert go 110, 111, 112, still back into the first but I, I do agree Trey Lance is going to drop. And this happens time and time again when we see these quarterbacks that come in, even if it is expected that they're going to take over throughout their rookie year, Baker Mayfield, Justin Herbert, unfortunately, in both situations, Tyrod Taylor was the casualty, um, you know, playing the role of the bridge quarterback. But I, yeah, I, I think he's going to slip. Dan, what do you think? I think it's a similar situation, potentially not as cemented in San Francisco, but I do see right. a scenario there where they ride Garoppolo as far as they can that season. I've heard the, the Mahomes analogy with Alex Smith. I mean, it was a while before we got to see Mahomes. Uh, you know, these are teams that could potentially win and they've got some veteran quarterbacks. Let's say Garoppolo magically stays healthy. He can move that offense and bring along whoever they draft. So, but if you, if Trey Lance goes to Atlanta, and I'm picking seventh, eighth, ninth in that range, like we're talking about. I am stoked. And you just got to be patient because you can't get a better landing spot under Coach Arthur Smith. And with some of the weapons they have, there's so much potential there. Yeah, I think Trey Lance will be screaming the biggest value. And I think the gap in in value in your rookie drafts is gonna be smaller when looking at Trey Lance and Mac Jones than it is Trey Lance in the top three quarterbacks mm -hmm. because it's that immediate starting impact versus what we expect from Mac Jones. Unless just, he goes to Carolina. Then he goes to Carolina, then all of a sudden he's the top for the 103, 102. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those landing spots that, that Dan mentioned. Mm -hmm. And uh, so many people are looking at that as a prime landing spot. You have the possibility to start immediately over Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see how long that lasts if they give him a few games. Um but then also the opportunity to play with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. You know, Mitch, you brought it up to start the show. Many see him as one of the premier offensive minds in the NFL. And to have an explosive player, you know, I, I think it's crazy to think Zach Wilson would even slip to Carolina. But even if it was Zach Wilson, yeah, uh, people's minds would, you know, so I, I think that's definitely a landing spot. But uh, we kind of took that in a few different directions. Dan, you said it. This is probably one of the best quarterback classes we've seen in a very, very long time. Any of those five guys you land on in the first round of a rookie draft, you, you landed well. You're going to have a good NFL quarterback, unless there's something we don't know. And as I say, Mac Jones is my biggest bust potential. If he's there at 112, 201, okay. I'm going to have a lot of Mac Jones. <laughs> uh, at that price, I have to. I have to. All right, we spent a lot of time on Trevor Lawrence and the other top four or top five quarterbacks, but there are guys that could make an impact. We don't know how long that's going to be. Maybe just half a season. Maybe it's in relief. Maybe there is some longer term value, but late round flyers in your rookie draft, you have those third, fourth, fifth round picks, depending how many rounds are in your draft. There could be some gems there. And who wants to lead it off? No, you guys are like, I don't want All to right. start. So, so like, I'm just going to say it now. If I'm not getting one of those five quarterbacks, someone's going to draft the other quarterbacks over than over me. Cause I'm not looking for second or third round guys. Like I hate Drew Locke for that reason. I know Dak worked out and Jalen hurts. looks like he's working out, but the rest of the league, they're all pretty much first round picks. But the only one that I'm going to bring up is Kellen Mond because Kellen Mond is a guy to where he reminds me of a quarterback who could come in and he could just get you fantasy points to where, Dad, you could shake your head all you want, but backup <laughs> quarterbacks are going to suck anyways, right? They're going to come in. They're not going to be good, but he could at least maybe get you 60, 70 yards on the ground, right? And that might be all that you're looking for, but – all honesty, I'm not going to have Ellinger. I'm not going to have him. I'm not going to have 
uh, Ian out of North uh, Notre Dame. Can't Notre think of his last name. Yeah. Ian Book. Yeah. And we're we're gonna argue here in a second. Well, let me let me preface this, and I, I guess it wouldn't be a preface because we already started. But these aren't guys that we're saying stud. Get locked and loaded. So hopefully nobody takes it that way. Future Tom are, Brady. Right. But these are late round flyers. You know, could it be a potential Gardner Minshew situation taken in the sixth round of the NFL draft? Get you a few games throughout the season. Could it be that? Maybe that is the ceiling for these quarterbacks. But we've seen it. We saw Gardner Minshew get moved for a first round rookie pick in several leagues and maybe somebody no never heard of him right over here moved a first round pick for Gardner Minshew we're not going to bring that up anyway Dan is there anybody on your radar you're like yeah they kind of intrigued me maybe I'll throw my fourth round pick at that quarterback I think it's important to mention you know in overall the majority of our rosters I think Mitch is right like we're just someone's going to draft these guys over us so we're not going to end up with a lot of shares but there are going to be drafts we have that they're going to fall in our lap because maybe it's like the only pick you have and there's no one else you like. Mitch is hating on these guys, man. Um, or, you know, we might have a couple rosters that were really desperate at the quarterback position. You, you know, you just got to take some flyers here and there. So we, you never know who's going to come out of nowhere. I mean, again, even Tom Brady, you know, he's the last pick in a draft that one time ago. One of these guys could just have it, Mitch, and we don't know about it. So I have four guys. Mitch did a real deep dive with some of those names he mentioned. Um, but I have Kyle Trask, and I have these guys in this order too. Kyle Trask, Jamie Newman, Davis Mills, and then your boy Kelly Mond. Um, with, with, with Kelly Mond, uh, it was just something about his mechanics, man. His arms are out like wings, and it just it just didn't feel right for me. I, I think he's too much of a project. But Tra Trask, you know, he, he had – my boy, uh, Kadarius Tony, there, who, who I love at wide receiver. He had Pitts, who's a mega star. And, and I think a quarterback's got to get some credit for getting the guys the ball like they did. You, you know, I mean, there was no underachieving between Tony and Pitts. Uh, you know, so I think there's something there. He's got good size, played in the SEC. I think there is definitely some things to like. You know, they, they beat my Georgia Bulldogs this year, which was disheartening. And then Jamie Newman was supposed to be a Georgia Bulldog before COVID hit. You know, he was going to transfer there. So they saw something in him. And then they do pretty good with quarterbacks, I think. Although, you know, why they didn't keep Justin Fields and went with Jake Fromm, I'll never know. But um, so I like Newman. I think him and Trask have some tools. And then Mills is a little bit smaller, but he could kind of sling it over there at Stanford. And him and my boy, uh, Simi, I know when we get to wide receivers, I look forward to talking about uh, my, my, my deep dive there. I'll, I'll get into that when we get there. But those four guys, JB, I think there's something worth taking a flyer on. And, uh, again, it's hard to sit here and say, nope, that's wrong. Because what, what are we going to say here? 5% hit rate, 3%? Like, it's it's minimal. Minimal, but anything for that potential spike in value. Now, bear with me, because this is going to take a minute for me to work through. But since 2003, again, I'm using that great information that Dave Wright has in his spreadsheet there over on his Patreon. Since 2003, these are the quarterbacks taken outside of the first round in the NFL draft to have at least two top 24 quarterback seasons. So, again, it, you look at it. Quarterbacks from 2020, 2019, still time for them to fall in this range. But here we go. Colin Kaepernick, Andy Dalton, Chad Henney, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Matt Schaub, Jacoby Brissett, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Kyle Orton, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, Tony Romo. A few notes. Looking at that entire list, there were 14 guys. 10 of them, and th this could have absolutely nothing to it, but 10 of them were at least 23 at the time of the NFL draft. So older quarterbacks, I thought that was interesting. You know, it, it's not going to be these, you know, and I guess you could look at it if you're, if you're a talented quarterback and you're 21, you probably did it at a super young age, obviously 22, but these guys were all at least 23, 12 of the 14 played at least 33 games in college. There's that number 5.9% touchdown percentage throughout their career, at least. And that includes Romo, Russ, Keenum, Carr, Kaepernick, Henny, Prescott, Cousins, most of the more fantasy-relevant quarterbacks. The only four, I'm trying to get all my numbers straight here, guys. The only four that were under at least 
adjusted air yards per attempt or in Brissett Henny Schaub. So I think that's a solid threshold. Uh, you know, again, looking at those four quarterbacks, not ex- it's just talking into nobody right now. Mute, Mitch. <laughs> Do any of these quarterbacks coming out in this year's draft fit that criteria? I'm, I'm, yes, yes, that's why I'm bringing it that's up. That's my yes. question. Yes, at least 20% rushing college dominator, Dak, Kaepernick, Russ, Tyrod, Fitzpatrick. Uh, and then, you know, there's some guys that had multiple top 12 quarterback seasons, Russ, Dalton, Cousins, Dak, Schaub, Romo, 33 games played, touchdown percentage at least 6%, uh, adjusted yards per attempt at least 7.9, 2.4, touchdown to interception ratio. You know, it, so let me talk about some guys here. And I laughed to myself because Mitch already bashed them. Sam Ellinger out of Texas and Ian Book out of Notre Dame. Again, these are not guys that I'm looking at saying, oh, I got to get them. I I, got to get them. I I don't care what I have to do. They're going to be studs. Again, what? I'm I'm thinking about that hit rate. I said 5%. That's probably way too high. 2%, you know, so. uh, And then two quarterbacks that fell down. Well, one quarterback that fell just short, and I can't remember exactly which of the thresholds it was, but Kellen Mon, he was he was one that was right below one of those thresholds. Um, so those are just names that I'm looking at, at somewhat interested in. Again, maybe my last pick in the fourth round. Nothing sexy, but we want to throw some options and names out there for you. If you don't land, obviously, well, even if you do land the Lawrence. Lance Fields, Wilson, and the formidable Mac Jones. All right, guys, one, one anything la- else? One last thought there. I think you mentioned a, like X amount of games played. I think the old Bill Parcells rule, and he was pretty good at evaluating quarterbacks, and a lot of coaches adapt okay, that. But, but was Bill Parcells better than John Bauer? I, I don't know. That's another episode. I'm not going there. <laughs> but uh, but but I hear Mike Lombardi reference this a lot, and he did it with Belichick. And but I think 22 games played was the minimum. I see in the chat Ben's mentioned in Trask completed competed a few years. He did. That's accurate. Um, you know your boy Mon Mitch and, and I think Mills. Like those three guys do have a pretty good sample size of you know some college success there. Uh, Jamie Newman, I, I see Kyle's not liking G, uh, Jamie Newman, and I think he did underperform in the Senior Bowl, and I think he has a smaller sample sample size, only like like two seasons. So there's definitely more risk there with Newman, but that's something to look at. You know, how much of a body of work do they have to evaluate? Now, the only guys that really, I mean, I'm going to run some names here: Quincy Patterson, Joe Milton, Joey Gatewood, Davis Mills, uh, Michael Penix from Indiana. Uh, Miles got, Brennan. Uh, so the, the, they have, to the, have tools too, John. Though they've got to have tools. There's got to no, be no, 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 no. Those are guys that barely saw any starts. I'm saying. Okay, I got. No, you. no, no. That that's why we don't look at one metric and say, okay, he hit the threshold there. I, I gave you five metrics where there was a floor for all of them. Mitch, whenever I start talking about any numbers, Dan, he just doesn't even pay attention. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's too, too too big on your five different filters to you know check out hand size and stuff like that. Just show me the game film. It's all about the film. No, next week I'm going to spend an hour talking about hand size. That, that's all. That's BMI all is going to be big next week, boys. Is it BMI or TMI? I don't know what John. Both. Both. Okay. No, I'm an overshare. I'm definitely an oversharer at fault. Definitely TMI. All right. So before we hit the final thoughts, a quick rundown and reminder next week, we're going to talk about rookie running backs in two weeks. We're going to lump together rookie wide receivers and rookie tight ends. Oh, what's the date the next Tuesday? Heck, uh, April 20th, kind of a rundown, putting everything together for the NFL draft. We are going to take the 27th off because we are going to be live on. We'll see if Periscope is still up and running at that time. If it is, we'll be live on Twitter and YouTube for about 12 hours over that Thursday and Friday. Dan will pop in whenever, um, you know, whenever he can. Again, Dan has a life. I don't. I don't know what that's like. Internet dependent. Internet dependent. Uh, he's getting kicked out of his office. I get it. I get it. So again, that is kind of our revised schedule here for the month of April. It's going to be action packed, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So hopefully everybody can join us for that live draft show on the 29th and 30th. It's going to be a blast. And then Tuesday the 27th. What am I going? Uh, what am I going to do? with the Tuesday off. I don't know. Anyway, 
final thoughts. Dan, let's start with you to wrap up episode 111. That's a cool number there. Hey, quick final thought tonight. Keep it simple. We covered a lot. Fun show. Uh, just today, if anyone didn't hear, the NFL officially announced a 17-week season there. I, I know our boy Mitch, the commish, has been all over that already. He's keeping things status quo as far as season structure, and we're going to kind of watch and see how it plays out. So keep an eye on your season schedules, and I just got to figure out how to tell the wife I'm going to be responsible for another week. This is, is going to be a challenge. But that's my final thought, man. 17 weeks. Booyah. That's funny because that's my exact one. So I'm a commissioner, commissioner of five or six leagues. I don't know. My decision is I'm going to keep everything as is for the 2021 season. I just, we don't know how teams are going to prepare for it. I don't want to try to guess it. So for this season, we're just going to see how it plays out. And if everything's normal, 17 week season looks good. Then maybe we'll add an extra game next year. Maybe make the finals for two weeks, but I'm not doing anything for this year. I'm just going to see how it plays out. And I don't care what you do. Just have something in place. Do it soon. Make sure everybody in your league is completely aware. So it doesn't catch anybody off guard. The worst thing you can do is dilly dally. You get to like week two. Oh, Hey guys, you know, we we forgot to talk about this. Let's bring it up now because obviously we should have talked about this in late March, beginning of April. Anyway, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, we ask that you hit that subscribe button and follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe, be kind to each other, and have a fantastic night.